ora. Welcome to another episode of 30 Minutes with DailyStraits.com. Our guest today is New Zealand-based entrepreneur Lisa Booth. Lisa is the founder and CEO of Kitakai. Hello, Lisa. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? Kia ora. Thank you for having me. I'm great. The sun's actually just starting to come out. It's been a little bit rainy here, so cool. <laughs> cool. All right. So let's dive right into the question. So um, I want to know a bit about yourself. Like, you know, so this company is pretty new. It started January 2020, before coronavirus uh, happened. And um, so, yeah, so tell me about your your journey into entrepreneurship. Were you working before this? What sparked the uh, whole journey? Yeah, totally. I mean, I've always been a little bit of an entrepreneur. So um, right from the time when I had my first child and figured out how to import and build websites and do that sort of thing. Um, the idea behind Kitakai has kind of been around for about six years and I've like worked alongside lots of different people over the years. But this version of Kitakai um, was born last year. So um, yeah, I guess I've always had a passion for business. Um, I've always had a passion for social enterprise and doing good things. So Kitakai kind of has all those things blended together. So I love it. So what were you doing before this in, in terms of business? Yeah, a lot of what I did was in the e-commerce space. So um, I worked for a couple of companies as their, you know, CMOs or COOs, um, working mainly in marketing and digital strategy. So that's kind of been my journey. Um, the business um, before Ketakai was, yeah, like a national company that did um, sort of um, different online pharmaceutical stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I've always been in this online space, um, have a huge passion for it. Okay, mm. great. So this is the first food-based business that you're going into or were, you, were there other food businesses? There was a food business before this that I was part of that used to do pre-made meals, um, which was really cool. And that um, business is still in existence. It's really awesome, um, called Muscle Fuel. So um, that was the first time that I've been in a space of production. Um, and because at that particular place, um, I was the COO. So we had an entire kitchen and packing entire facility so that's a whole different beast to what we do at Ketakai um, but I definitely a lot of my food passion came out of that. All right so uh, let's talk about Ketakai it's a very um, let's start with the name so is it a Maori name? Yeah it's Maori so it means well literally means um, you know food bag or food parcel um, it was um, one of our co-founders um, who was with the company last year um, he did a lot of research into it um, to understand and um, talked with a lot of sort of professors up at um, you know up at AUT to make sure that it was appropriate and um, yeah we ended up settling on Ketakai it felt it felt really good having um, you know a name in Tadeo, especially because the software solution that we are envisaged making um, would love to export that overseas at some point and we would love to take um, sort of the Tadeo with us as well. Okay, great. So what motivated you to start Ketakai? So I done a bit of reading. It's actually a more of a CSR kind of a company where it's socially, um, it's a social enterprise, the profit comes second. So, and then uh, it also said that, you know, you want to uh, solve a hunger problem in New Zealand, which for me, I find very um, uh, I was surprised actually that you actually had a problem. So tell yeah. me what was the what it what was the you know that motivated you to start? So what was the problem that you wanted to solve, and then you started the company because of that? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, to let people know who are maybe from around the world, like in New Zealand, um, we have a really massive issue with food insecurity. So it's crazy. This is probably part of the reason why Kitakai is around is because. One in five Kiwis currently live with food insecurity, so they don't know where their next meal is coming from. Um, and these are some of the stats that were coming out of um, the likes of Kōrehe Kai or Zero Hunger New Zealand. 
Um, and so when we looked at that stat, that was quite alarming. But what's even more crazy is that New Zealand produces enough food to feed 40 million. So the problem within New Zealand is really solvable. It just seems to be that we're not feeding our own people. Um, so with Ketakai, we came from, people came from te technological backgrounds or marketing backgrounds, and we felt like when we looked at the food system in New Zealand, that it was quite old school, like there's a lot of silos that are going on, um, and a lot of the economic waste was happening in the middle or in the home, so there's a lot of food waste happening in the home, so we kind of felt like, especially for me coming from a digital background where any, if you're doing any type of digital marketing, there's an app for everything, you know, like there's a solution for everything. But when you're talking about starting a food business, there's not a lot out there. Like you literally have to ring around and find all your suppliers. It's very manual. So we felt that if we could start a food company that could try and change and shape things that we could actually be, it could be a catalyst towards changing and solving this problem. All right. So how did you get the idea? Was it through a hackathon or a midnight chat with a friend? Or no, it's... Had all the <laughs> no, it's been, it's been going for such a long time. Like it was, um, you know, there's, there've been a lot of people that have been talking about, for me personally, my journey was that before I came into the scene of Kitakai was that I'd always thought like, why isn't there a meal kit that was for people that you know, can't afford the traditional meal kits, like, you know, like the HelloFreshers and the my food bags, because the HelloFresh and my food bags are great. Like they solve a lot of problems around, um, you know, food waste within the home and food waste within the system, because you're just using exactly what you need. But if you're quite, um, if you don't have a lot of money, you can't afford those solutions. You might only have half of what that would actually cost. So a, my food bag for my family or something along those lines might cost $190 a week. Well, a lot of families don't have that a week just for their dinners for five nights. So we kind of were like, well, when I go to the supermarket, I'm trying to plan my week. I just want the basics and basic recipes. So why don't we create a meal kit that is that basic and that easy? And that's kind of how it got born. Yeah. That's a brilliant idea. And it came right before coronavirus when people started losing their jobs, sitting at home. So it was just at the right time. So tell me um, about... Yeah, you already answered the question. I wanted to know how you were different from HelloFresh and Mali Spoon. So you already said that it's cheaper. So yeah. um, how much cheaper is it and how many recipes do you have right now? Like if someone buys that uh, meal, what, what do they get? They get, yeah, so we're about half the price of the competitors. Um, what makes us really different though is that we try and utilize products across the meal. So we don't individually package all of our ingredients. Um, so for example, we look at a week's plan um, and say, look, we need to use broccoli, so we need to use it across two recipes. So it's kind of like smart shopping. It's not, you know, it's a little bit, a little bit of a blend between a um, food bag, I guess, and a supermarket shop. So we try to be at half the price. Um, and the other thing with us is that we use a lot of like what's in season as well. So we try to to try and keep that cost down for our customers as well. And we also use things like digital recipe cards. We don't, we try to do the least amount of uh, packaging and printing as we can. Oh, okay, great. So how many recipes do you have? Like you had pasta. I, I saw somewhere that you said you had pasta. What else do you have? Um, recipes in total or how many per week? <laughs> yeah, in total, in total. Oh, hundreds, hundreds. Because okay. we've been going um, since, like we have been in market since June last year. So mm -hmm. out to customers since June last year. So yeah, hundreds of recipes. And we've just partnered with Otago University, um, a 
restaurant here in the Waikato and also um, Waikato Food Inc here in the Waikato. So what we do is we're trying to collaborate with a lot of people and saying, look, we hold technology and we've got the space to pack and we've also got, um, you know, the supply chains. If you guys have got recipes, let's partner with you so you can create your own product as well. So we do. that's another thing that makes us really different. If there is a business that would like to partner with us and create their own meal kit um, or meal solution, then we can partner with them and work alongside them with that. Yeah, that was going to bring me to my next question, whether you employ chefs or you, because you, and it doesn't seem like you do employ chefs, you, you do it this way, right? You partner with restaurants. We partner with people. We have um, like Kayla and Catherine was a, one of our recipe developers last year. It was incredible. Um, so we do often um we find that you need a particular type of um, person that knows how to develop recipes for a meal kit, especially for the way that we do it. Um, having a chef as such it doesn't always work. We've tried that a couple of times, but if you're trying to make something fit within a certain price point, but in saying that we have got some really cool products that are going to be launching soon that are going to have that higher price point. But for us, when we first launched, we really wanted to meet that co-puffer of making, um, you know, healthy food affordable. Okay. So you're going to have a different range that caters to, that, that caters to people from HelloFresh and Marley Spoon, right? Is that right? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Watch this space. It's a little bit nerve-wracking to say that because obviously, like, we have a lot of respect for the other players that are in the market. And I think for us, um, that's not our long-term game. Our long-term game is really about, um, you know, making solutions that work for communities. So our commercial side as such um, is just about powering the technology that we have um, for communities. Yeah. This is actually a great idea. And um, and I was I saw another podcast of you with um, another lady and you said that you actually put in your own money. You invested in this, uh, uh, this um, Kitty Kai along with other. Uh, a few other investors so yeah. i'm just wondering like you know how much like what was it to start because this and also you corrected the lady and said that this is actually a tech company more than a food company so can mm. you just explain elaborate more like what what was the investment um what what kind of uh, investment uh, that you had to put in and also how is this different from a, a normal uh, food company yeah, absolutely. I think um, from my research, and I don't know too in depth because obviously I don't know what happens in other companies, but from what I've seen in other companies is that um, their biggest focus has been on the product and the, um, you know, the facilitation of how they're packing. Whereas what we did is um, we've been had this real laser focus on the technology and saying, well, why is it that food is so expensive? And a lot of that economic leap happens in the middle. So for example, pulling together recipes and making them all work together. And then when you've got something like produce, which changes every three days. So pricing on produce changes every three days. And it can be as simple as a flood or something that can wipe broccoli out. And so if something like that happens, you need to be responsive really quickly. So we were like, well, if we need to be really responsive, then we need to create technology that can do that for us rather than it be us. Um, so what we've done is, yes, we've, we're, we're kind of a hybrid. Yes, we are absolutely a food company, but we're actually a tech company as well. And it's the technology that we want to put into communities and small businesses to empower them to do this work. Because when you actually step into, um, say, a small business or restaurant or community and see the way that they are packaging things together, nine times out of 10, they're using Excel and whiteboards. And they're trying to figure out and they kind of do like a bit of a, a mop up at the end of the week to figure out where the profit and loss was. Whereas we believe that if we can help build technology to facilitate that, then they can make a lot more money doing what they're doing. Hmm. Great. So what is the challenges that you face? Like, I, I gather this is, was a one man, one woman show when you started. Is this no, 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 no. It's never, it's never been a one woman show. No, there's an entire team. And 
like like I said, like I've worked with people over the years that have come into the company and left, like with startups, you know, you have co-founders that come in and go. Um, so definitely, no, not a one-woman show. <laughs> I would hate for that to ever get out like that. Um, and even now, like my team, um, they're all fully invested into this. They've all done volunteering hours as well as paid hours. Um, and a lot of the ideas, I'm, I'm fronting an entire team of people that are passionate about this co-papa and they all bring incredible stuff to, to the work that we do. So, yeah. <laughs> what was your, sorry, I, I think you missed the question. What was the investment that you pumped in and with, along with the other investors? Yeah, absolutely. How much do I personally put in or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't mind sharing because uh, I was just. Yeah, so probably over the last six months, I've probably put in about 70,000. Um, and we've had other business, other sort of investors and stuff that probably put another 40 to 50. Um, and I mean, that's pretty lean for something that's been going over sort of like the last year and a half um, and supported a team of eight. Because um, one of our things is that we want to be sustainable. So we make money off our commercial side as well to help fund our team. And a lot of the last 18 months has been um, a lot of R&D and understanding our product and what our technology was going to look like. So now we kind of really want to gear up for that next big round of investment. Now that we've done like our pilots and we've really tested, um, you know, different types of technology, we really need to go for a really large round so we can really build that out now. Hmm. All right, great. So, okay, so it said uh, you started uh, serving meals in June. So from January to June, it was all groundwork doing the branding and everything? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. January to June, yeah, absolutely. Understanding what our product was and what our brand was and where we were heading. And we've constantly pivoting like we were constantly pivoting over that time like what we thought we were going to go to market with and what we ended up going to market with ended up being different things and even now um how far we've diversified like we've got our core product that we've got at the moment but we're launching a new website in about a week and that just brings a whole new flavor of stuff that's coming through from our research and our feedback from our customers like our customers are really loyal and um, great at giving us feedback all the time and um, having that two-way conversation so yeah constantly evolving was great so what how, what about the number of customers you have right now and how do they how did they actually find out about you guys yeah a lot of it at the moment because we don't do a ton of marketing we have a really great social media presence um and a lot of prs and podcasts that are going on um because a lot of the work that we're doing at the moment is is laying the groundwork for sort of like a big marketing push that we want to do once our new website is live mm-hmm. um over the last sort of 12 months we've got kind of just over maybe 1500 customers that have been on and off over that time um and yeah it's just been awesome just really love the stories that come out from customers about you know their experiences with Ketikai or where they were before Ketikai um with COVID hitting we found that there was a lot of families that were on traditional meal kits but just couldn't afford them and when they discovered Ketikai that this was a that still gave them that convenience without the price tag so yeah got it so how do they order right now since your website is they, is there a website right now? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, they can jump on kitikai.co.nz and they can order. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just that what we found is that because our product's so customizable and quite different, that we're having to completely rebuild the front end, which we knew was going to happen at some point. So I'm excited. I can't wait for the new site to be live. <laughs> what about that? Do you have an app? No, we've talked about the app quite a bit. Um, and I guess it's really interesting because some people prefer just having a web app on their phones. Um, but at the moment, our sole focus is just on that front end and getting that experience really awesome. Yeah. Okay, great. So since this is a social enterprise, right, um, when you said you had a commercialization site, 
uh, what was that? Could you explain? Sorry, what do you mean by that? Sorry. Like you had a commercialized side of your business, right? What mm -hmm. was that? What, what does yeah, that so, so what I mean by that is our commercial side is um, like the meal kits that you see right now. Um, so like the classic dinners and the Kai Crate. And then on the social enterprise side is where we have community products. And so the community products are things like we've got one with Cambridge Community House where um, we provided them the recipes and then um, their customers order through our website, but they actually pick and pack it. So they get the benefit and they are able to bring the price down even lower for their customers um, and actually earn a bit of money out of it by having their own product. So that's the, where the commercial and the social enterprise piece comes in. But we also do a lot of pay it forward campaigns as well. Because what was really interesting last year was that um, we found a lot of customers, and even this year, people are giving giving money to feed other people. They're like, can you send a box to a family in need? And we were like, wow, okay, yep. And so we kind of did it on the down low and sort of helped out and sent money and, and food to different communities. But it's actually become a real thing where people are saying, look, actually, can you just make this a thing on your website so I can just jump on and buy a box and send it to whichever community I align with? Um, and we were like, okay, so that's where our evolution keeps happening within our company is that everything that's kind of being created and done on our website is generally because a customer really wanted or needed it. And we've started playing with that and see how it goes. Great. So you've been doing this full time without any other jobs, uh, on the side, right? Yeah. Since October last year, I, um, yeah, I gave in my full-time career as in marketing, um, and I've been working on this. I mean, it's it's kind of, it's all encompassing. It's not something you kind of be half in, half out of. So, um, and I really started to, I mean, it's my passion. It's what I really believe in. And I believe that we can actually make a difference. So Great. It's really, really commendable. Okay. So I want to ask a bit about the company and everything like that. So we were talking earlier on, you said that you didn't have a central kitchen, but you had a warehouse. So uh, could you explain more about that? Yeah. So the way that we operate is that we curate our meals, we put them up live on the website, um, the customer purchases it. And then on the Friday, we do what we call a pre-pack. So we have a warehouse, we don't cook the meals, people cook their own meals. Um, and so in that pre-pack, um, all the dry goods are all sort of put together. And then on a Saturday morning at 5.30 in the morning, our produce arrives um, and our packing team comes in, they pack the produce into the boxes and it ships out and our drivers send it out. So one of our things was that we wanted to get the freshest produce to our customers. So we have done it in this way so that basically the produce as soon as it hits us it goes straight to the customer so they get it same day from the markets basically all right do you have delivery delivery riders that you partner with or how do they how do people get the meal yeah absolutely so we looked at trying to use like a central career company but um, we had an issue with the fact that we send too much food so our boxes are, are significantly heavier than the HelloFresh and the my food bags um we yeah we send large quantities so in order to ship it would have cost like three four times the price of what we charge so we actually have our own internal logistics we have two drivers um they actually do it for us um and they come in we use our own vans and yeah deliver it ourselves so we deliver it directly to the customer's door so the customer typically gets a box with all the produce and the dry goods in it and then a returnable cooler bag um, that has ice in their fresh goods in it and they just return the cooler bag with their next delivery or just hand it straight back to the driver on the spot wow that's great so so it, you have to cover a really um a, a small area to do this right so where are you are you right now yeah so we're in the waikato and we're just and that's where we're delivering right now it's just in the waikato um but we are looking to expand a little bit further afield where the needs you know where people are asking for us mm. 
So the 1,500 customers you have are in that area, right? Yeah, they're all in that area. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay, great. So tell me a bit about your expansion plan. I know this is a pretty new company and you're like um, just um, having a new website soon next week. Next week, when? Yeah. What, what's the date? Uh, I don't know. I'm, we're testing on Friday, so if all things go well. But um, yeah, I'm driving my developers pretty hard. I'm like really excited about it. So hopefully sort of beginning of next week is, is the plan. All things going well. <laughs> So that, that website will have a bigger bandwidth and more people could come in and it won't crash. Is that is that how, what it is or just new look? Yeah, it's no, it's a new look and feel. Um, it's also, yeah, there has been an element of crashing, I think, because we were using um, just traditional Shopify and um, it wasn't handling all of the custom code that we'd put into it. Um, so we're still using a little bit of um, Shopify, the back end, but the boys have completely redeveloped the front end. And it allows us a, a lot more flexibility. For example, at the moment on our product pages, like adding something like another area just almost breaks it. So we can't do any of that. Um, as far as expansion goes, though, um, yeah, absolutely. We've got some really strong partnerships in um, Auckland and also actually down south in Tokoroa and Taupo and also in Bay of Plenty. So at the moment, well, our full focus has been just on the website and, and making sure that's that's going to be awesome. Um, but then we're, we're having those conversations this week and sort of starting to test the water on where we should go to next. So are you looking for any funding, seed rounds? Um... Yeah, absolutely. Um, I Yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind of where we are now is that now that we've kind of done all of our testing and road mapping and now that we're about to launch a new website, I really wanted to yeah, start talking to investors. I've had a few really cool conversations um, with a couple of investors and just saying, hey, look, this is what we're looking at. This is where we're going. Um, but yeah, that's definitely going to be the next next bit of work I'm going to be doing is look, talking to investors properly. <laughs> this is a great company. And um, you see, I've also used this meal kits, but it's really expensive. Mm. And the budget part is a really good hack. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was just wondering any like global expansion, maybe try Australia, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. I mean, to be honest, I would love to partner with someone in Australia. Like I don't think, I think the thing is that we want to do is keep developing our technology. So if there was a partner in Australia that said, hey, look, we want to do Ketikai over here or a version of it, um, then we would love to partner with them and like empower them to do it. Because that's another thing that, that we're all about is about empowering others. We don't want to become another like global dominant I guess <laughs> I think we can do that really well like become really successful in our own rights with with our um, technology but yeah as far as um, global expansion we've had some interest over in Europe and a little bit in America as well because especially when if you're in a space where you've got like a, a community hub or a food hub it's really it would be really easy to sort of insert Kitikai into that and to have that sort of meal solution there if you would like it mm. yeah it's a great idea it's a great idea so tell me a bit about the company so eight of you right now including yourself is that mm -hmm. a co-founder? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, one of the original co-founders um, is still with the team. Um, he doesn't like being in front of cameras or anything <laughs> behind the scenes. Um, and, yeah, definitely, I think some of the team that have been on this year would like to come in as, as co-founders as well, which I'm totally open to. Um, doesn't really bother me. I really, I just love the team that we've got. They're all pretty much family anyway. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. So everyone works from home and then just, or just go to the, or do you have like a place that you go and for the food and stuff to pack and stuff? So the warehouse is just a warehouse space. Um, but honestly, um, yeah, most of us are remote um, and some of the team come and work at my place and we tend to work. I've got a couple of team members here today and um, they come in and work um, and we do sort of um, working sessions together when we're not feeling motivated. Cause you can be like that when you're at home, like working remote can sometimes be really difficult. 
or um, we're really, um, we communicate a lot on Slack. So often someone will pop up and say, hey, look, I'm not motivated today. Who's working where? And we'll all go there and go work. So it's a really cool vibe. Like we've only got one team member that is not in the Waikato. So we do get together quite often, which is really nice. Mm. All right. So um, since this is a really new company, I just wanted to ask you, um, usually when someone wants to go ahead with the business, they look at the revenue to see it's worth it, whether it's worth the time and pain to continue. So if you don't want to share the revenue, it's fine. But was it enough for you to tell your other co-founder and say, okay, look, I think there's something here. And, you know, maybe we should just push through. Like, do you, like, maybe you could just tell us year on year, because almost a year since you started, did you see any spike in the, in the revenue or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. I think there was like a definite moment sort of end of last year when we um, really started to ramp up because we closed down over Christmas to sort of like recollect and be like, okay, what are we going to do, guys? Um, are we going to keep this going? Um, because although we were turning over quite a bit, the, the profit wasn't there. Um, and so I had to do a lot of soul searching and sort of thinking over the Christmas period and be like, okay, how do we, what do we need to do to get that profit margin in there to make it work for us? Um, but it wasn't only that, like, I think that's kind of the cool thing about working in social enterprise. It wasn't just the revenue, but it was the support of like the government agencies like Korehe Kai and, and all the trusts and um, community centers that were saying, look, you guys are really onto something like we'll support you through this, like just keep working, just keep doing the work that you're doing. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of factors that have kept us going and we just really believe in what we're doing. And there is nothing else out there. Like even when we've tried to look for solutions within our own business for like software and technology, like there's nothing out there. So we think we're on to something awesome great so all right um one final question so you the competitors right um when i listen to your business the, the ones that come up to me is HelloFresh and marley spoon it doesn't seem like you have marley spoon in new zealand do you have that no uh, we don't no we have my food bag is quite big here in new zealand yeah well, and uh are, are they your competitors because you did say you were unique so do you have competitors um i mean i guess yeah if you looked at a meal kit they could definitely be competitors um, but I would love to work with them as well. I think that there's a lot of things that we could do together, you know, like I don't know why we all have to be, comp I know that we need to be competitors, but I think also like if we could develop our technology enough that it was interesting enough to them, there's no reason why we couldn't work with them. Um, I really, yeah, I think the space that we really want to sit in is in that community space and empowering small businesses um, and, you know, having that really sort of low end, like the low end communities that can't afford normal um, food bags so we haven't we don't have any competition in that space I think that when we launch some of our like higher end products we probably are um, you know going into their market a little bit but then again we're just really different we're quite different to those as well awesome and that is all the time that we have for today we have yeah. just been speaking to Lisa Boot the founder and CEO of Katie Kai 